This is the Ampere Industrial Security Critical Assets Podcast. Each episode, we cover important OT and ICS security topics with an eye towards standards and regulation to keep you ahead of your adversaries and your auditors. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Critical Assets Podcast. This is Patrick Miller. I'm your host. And with me today, I've got Aaron Torella. Aaron, tell us a little about yourself. Hi, Patrick. Uh, it's nice to be here. I am um, a school psychologist, so maybe not your typical guest. Um, I am learning about cybersecurity. I am currently doing the Women's Academy at SANS and hoping to, in the long run, end up in ICS OT security as my ultimate Fantastic. career Fantastic. So, um, but yeah, that's me. All right. And let's see, we we met through a LinkedIn post, but before we get to that, um, tell me about your first S4. That's kind of how all of this started. Yeah, um, it was amazing. So I went there with the hope that I could meet some people, listen to conversations, get a better sense about the ICS community, ICS security. Um, and, you know, if that was really a place that I wanted to be in the long run. And I went with uh, under the women's ticket, the women in ICS ticket which Great. is a really awesome opportunity that was provided for women to attend um, the first two days of the conference free. Um, and so I took advantage of that opportunity and I'm so glad I did because I met some amazing people. I learned a ton, um, saw some really great talks. Uh, there was one by Sarah Flux about engineering um, design for security. So that yes. was really cool. Um, I was a little nervous going, honestly, because going to a conference in a field that isn't the field you work in is a little intimidating, but um, everybody there was amazing, and I really, really can't wait to go back, honestly. That's awesome to hear. I'm glad the community was welcoming, and we we need, we need more people, <laughs> honestly. Um, yeah, that yeah. was one of the observations I made as well as I saw a lot of new faces, uh, and for me, being someone that's been in this field for forever uh the 30 something years uh, i saw i saw my replacements and that was awesome I, I i love it there's more people to help do this work because i'm tired <laughs> i need help <laughs> fantastic well i'm so glad you went and i'm so glad you had a great experience and i hope to see you there next year as well if you can make it that'd be awesome i hope so yeah well what, what spawned our conversation originally was i did the s4 trip report with uh, my experiences and you made i made a comment on there about metrics and and dale had it, it was it wasn't like the primary theme but it was kind of a a secondary kind of like a a subtitle uh if you will for the event around metrics and he was asking some good metrics questions although i think he could have pressed some people a little harder on on them at points but uh what uh we, there were lots of different comments on the metrics and you had some of the more insightful ones. And I really appreciate the, the fact that you actually like interacted, gave me some really good questions. And I was like, dang, this is, this is interesting discussion. I want to talk about this. And I thought, well, why not, why not record us talking about it and let others hear the same conversation and let's see what they think. Because it's not just, Dale's perspective was ICS metrics. In theory, we should kind of have this down by now. Um, I, I'm not sure I agree. I think uh, IT has been doing it a lot longer than we have as far as like reporting up to boards and things like key performance indicators and and trying to go for their security budgets and managing and maintaining their security budgets. So they've had a little bit more track record than the ICS side. It's still a little bit new for us, like a lot of things. But that said, I thought, why would we want to just 
take what IT did and redo that for us. Why not listen to some other disciplines and see what's successful for them? And maybe we can borrow some of those things and get some insight from that. So that was why I was like, hey, let's get a fresh set of eyes on this and have a, have a conversation about it. Yeah, that was a very interesting conversation. And I'm glad that hopefully it's useful for other people. All right. So let's, I mean, first question I, I have to ask, why? Why metrics? What, what are we doing with them? Why, why would we need them? Um, it's a good question. Uh, we really need them, first of all, to know if what we're doing is really effective. Um, we can use our gut feeling. <laughs> we can use anecdotal pieces of information that we hear from people in the industry, those kinds of things, but that's not really going to necessarily give us a true picture. And when the consequences of not meeting our expectations or not meeting our standards that we want to meet are small, um, it's not such a huge problem. But when the consequences are potentially huge, potentially life-threatening, um, you know, we we really need to be more concrete and sure that we're we're going in the right direction. Okay, and metrics help us get there uh, through through us, measurement. Yes, they give us some sort of like uh, more along the scientific method of measurement as opposed to those. And certainly qualitative pieces are valid. Um, qualitative data is valid, but just random people's anecdotes adding up in your mind to whether we're doing well is, isn't really good evidence. Yeah, typically gut check of how we doing is it's a little too subjective, especially when you're looking at budgets and 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 as you mentioned, the potential, some of the catastrophic potentials that we have in ICS. You mentioned that you're not sure which metrics are already being used. And, you know, of course, you, you haven't had a long background in ICS. And I can I can tell you, having had a long background in ICS, we don't have much. Um, and, and there's been some there's been several approaches to this. And we'll get into some of those later when we start talking about kind of what's already what what roads have been paved. But I, I can tell you there's not a lot. Um, it's it's a lot of uh, whatever has been done hasn't been shared well. So I, th I think that's the the challenge we've got is maybe it's super secret squirrel stuff because my stuff is so critical, uh, which we do suffer from that in a lot of cases, which, you know, uh, different discussion. But, um, you know, for for let's just say if you were coming at this from the outside, which I don't want to say you're on the outside, but you're you're just getting into it um, yeah. with that perspective. If you were just say if you had nothing and you were starting with that. Here's some things just, you know, you should at least do these one, two, three things, whatever those would be. I mean, I, I know that like, it would be great if the answer was like, measure these few things and, and that's going to be your start and it's going to be great. And I would love it if that was the answer because it would help immensely. Um, but really what we, where we really need to start, I think is back a ways and really understanding what the questions we want to answer are. Um, because we can gather metrics, we can gather measurements um, to help us, you know, decide if we've got indicators that we're going the right direction. Um, but if we don't know exactly what we're asking, and if we haven't really worked out whether the things that we are drawing on for data are really tied to that in a meaningful way, our metrics aren't going to tell us what we think they're telling us. Um, and so I, I think that starting with like truly understanding what are you asking, who is asking it, um, and then and then kind of digging into, okay, what then are the kinds of data that are valid to give us insight into this? 
in the talk that that JD gave. Um, he was talking about those different levels or different layers, kind of the board, uh, the middle management mm -hmm. operators, you know, who's wanting this information. And I think that's really an important piece to keep in mind when we're talking about what the question is, because the board is probably going to ask different questions than the operators are asking. But at the same time, those questions might be tied together. So I think kind of mapping out, like, what do we really want to know? How does it all tie together? And then start piecing through, here are some pieces of data that we could use. Uh, I'm hearing elements of know your audience. So find out what they're asking. And in a lot of cases, well, let's just dive into that real quick. So, because uh, that, that's a, that's an interesting piece that I'm just thinking about. So when we we're wondering like who's asking the question, when you get to some levels, there are going to be because there's you know as as was mentioned, there's like an executive level, then there's some typically management level, and then there's kind of a boots on the ground level. So let's just start at that top level. An executive is going to ask a security question, which is like how how secure are we? Yes. Right. So is, is there some education that has to happen with that? Because you can't just go back with that and say, well, we're, we're, you know, 15 or we're 37 or we're, you know, orange. Um, so what, what is, what is it like to, I guess, how do you take the questions that they're asking, which are typically not security questions, right? They're just some qualitative question that they're asking. So how do you translate that into a number that you come back with for each one of yeah. those tiers? Yeah, that piece is, is tricky. Um, so I think education is probably going to be important. Um, okay. And and that can be incorporated into developing your metrics program, like bringing this, all of the stakeholders along who are going to be getting information from this, having them involved in the discussions about what we're measuring, how we're measuring. And sure, they don't probably need to know the exact specifics of every single thing an operator is measuring, but understanding the broad picture of how we're looking at success, how are we looking at, are we secure? The right. big question, um, what are our indicators that tell us we're secure or not secure? Um, and that's that's aligned with what we do in education as well, because at the same in a similar way, the big top tier question in education is, are we producing kids who are able to become successful adults who are productive okay. in society? That's a big, broad question. Um, so we have to narrow that down. What are indicators that we're achieving that? So, Okay. So like your, your, your executive equivalent is asking a similar question, like are kids getting smarter? Yeah. Are they able okay. to do be good adults? <laughs> Can they hold jobs? Can they, um, and, and, okay. and is what we're doing affecting that. I think that's yeah. another really important piece too, is understanding, um, you know, conditions that might affect things that aren't related to what we do. Um, like, give me some examples of those. What would that look like? Oh gosh. In, in ICS or in, 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 in yeah, in your, whatever, in your background, just cause I think we can pull, you know, I guess, uh, ties or correlations out of those as well. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I think it's easy for easier for me in education to come up with one of those just because I yeah. I've worked for a really long time. But um, one thing that schools don't have any impact on, um, oh, maybe not no impact, but we don't we have no control over um, kids living in poverty. Ah. We know that there's a correlation between kids living in poverty and less than ideal outcomes. Um, there's a higher rate of dropout. There's higher rates of illiteracy. There's you know, lower rates of attending college because we know that those factors are correlated with poverty, but we don't have any control over poverty. That's not something we're doing. And so like 
trying to kind of piece that out and say, okay, we can't fix that. And it might not, our data might look different because of X, Y, Z amount of that piece affecting things. Here are, are the things that we can measure about what we're doing and how they're making impacts. Okay. So you're, you're into, I guess, external influences over which you have no control, but still impact you. Yeah. And are you, how do you, are you measuring those or how are you factoring that into like your metrics? Yeah. I mean, well, when we're looking at educational metrics, kind of same deal as, as in IT or in ICS, we have different layers. So we're looking at things from state level, district level, building, child. Um, and we break those out and, and look at like, are there differences among groups? Or is there anything that we can do? And the other piece that we do is kind of high level, how are we doing overall as a system? And then as we come down, we say, okay, how are we doing in this classroom? What are things we can do for this classroom? What can I do going in and collaborating? Um, how about using this curriculum? Do we see an increase in progress for children using this curriculum over this one? And starting to measure kind of finite measuring of like those little pieces. Okay. And that sounds like at a, a pretty mature state though. Like if you've got a good history of metrics behind you to get to that place. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think so. You have to at okay. least know what you're doing and you work, you work your way towards having those little pieces. Okay. And I think that's one of the messages I keep hearing echoed is you're going to start with uh, some simpler metrics and then you're going to work toward more and more and more fine grade metrics over time. So the metrics you start with are not the metrics you end up with in a year, two year, five years, that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. And also, you know, when you very first start, what you're gathering is baseline. <laughs> you right. know, you need to know, like, where did you start before you can okay. know where you're going? Right. And I, I mean, just, I've got a scientific background actually in microbiology. Um, but when we talk about um, measuring systems, like especially biologic systems, because there's so many different, both internal and external influences, we just say, start measuring and just do it consistently. <laughs> and then you'll end up changing because basically all the things now, you know, more because of consistent measurement, and then you can make adjustments and yeah. Yep. Yeah. Changes in what you're measuring over time in your, in any kind of assessment program, are, that's normal. That's expected. Yeah. That's something we we anticipate. We kind of touched on some of J.D. Christopher's talk at, at SANS. And um, uh, one of the things he raises in his metrics discussion is the SMART methodology. Have you? Has, is this something that's used at other places too, or is this? Yep. SMART is awesome. It's okay. a really, really fantastic model. Um, we use it in education for goal setting. So uh, sometimes a little more narrowed down um, and a little more goal oriented as opposed to just kind of metric like measurement where we're at. Um, the only difference though, is that we, instead of actionable, we look at um, if it's achievable. achievable. Because when we set goals, we want them to be achievable. Um, okay. Setting goals never reaches, no good. Okay. And then for the listeners in the show notes, we'll include some links to the SMART model, but um, just to walk you through it, it's basically the acronym of S-M-A-R-T and it's specific, measurable, actionable, relevant, and time-related. Um, let's go through an exercise, the, the two of us. Um, let's pick Let's pick ICS and okay. let's let's find something because I want to give the listeners like that are coming at this they they need something to take away that's that's usable for them so let's the two of us walk through this together um you're more of an expert than I am in metrics so you're going to have to coach me on some of this but uh let's let's start with specific so in ICS 
it's like not not an ambiguous thing. Like attacks per day is a classic example of what does this mean? I mean, what does an attack mean? How many of them? Is it just pings? Is it is it dropped firewall events? Is it it's just so many things? It's not specific enough that it has any value. What would be something specific? It doesn't have to be like the perfect metric, but just pick anything. Like what would be a good specific thing in ICS? Um, I guess what I'm thinking, I've just been doing incident response learning. So Great. Um, perfect. I'm going to pick an incident response. But um, so a lot of times, like the, I, I know they measure the length of time that it takes to become operable again or to return to mm-hmm. standard business procedure. Okay. Um, it's a pretty specific thing. Like it's this amount of time till we got back up and running after an incident occurred. Um, okay. Here, let me so play devil's advocate for a second. What, yeah. what defines the starting point? So, I mean, like, how do you define hard. the bookends on this? Yes, it yeah. is a little hard. I mean, everything is going to be a little ambiguous, right? Like, okay. I think we could, we could define okay. it. That's okay. Okay. Um, because of the complexity, you know, the complexity of businesses, industries that we're talking about, um, what those bookends look like might be very different for one company versus another. Um, maybe it's okay to be down for two days or three days for one in one instance. Maybe it's okay to be down for like 20 minutes max in another one. And those are very different um, scenarios. Uh, so I think it's okay to define for yourself what counts to you. Like what is impactful in your situation? When do you define start? When do you define end? Unless okay. the industry as a whole starts creating kind of universal de- definitions of those things, I think we just have to set something, move forward with it. And if we're wrong okay. and our measurement's terrible, we can change it. And that's the message is that it's okay to change it. Yeah. 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 In fact, expect it to change. Okay. So that's good. We'll we'll, we'll stick with the, the IR theme because I think it's really good. Um, and then measurable. So what are the measurable translates to basically, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, it's it's uh, indicators for like su- success or failure. Is that yeah. measurable or some, something else? Is it like feet, inches, uh, you know, temperature? I mean, it's something that we can put a number to ideally. Okay. And, and that could be feet, inches, minutes, hours, um, or it could be dollars, or it could be something like a rating scale. You know, we've defined this rating scale for ourselves. This is our level of severity that we've decided that this counts as. Okay. Um, so as long as there's some sort of scale or some sort of measure, and we're being fairly consistent with how we use it, that counts as measurable. Okay. So measurably means basically define the units and then use the units to measure. Okay. All right. And then actionable, I think that's pretty understandable, but um, so I translate that basically as, because to me, that's, this is like the purpose of why you're doing metrics is to, to influence action, whether it's, you know, at whatever tier it is, obviously at the executive level, management level and operational level, you'll have different actions you're trying to influence with these metrics. But this seems to me to be like, this is why you're doing it. Yes. Yeah. Gathering data for the sake of having data is meaningless. If you can't make action, take action, why even do it? Okay. And when you're defining your metric, is it that you should, should you declare the action statement at at like the onset so that people know kind of why this metric is, is being done or the purpose behind your effort? Um, I mean, I think it should be part of the question. 
Okay. I really, I really strongly believe in like having a solidly defined question. So, um, you okay. know, if, or, or a solid definition of what success looks like. And so actionable would fall along the lines of, okay, so we know this, this is our question. Here are the criteria. Here are things that we would say mean we're succeeding at this. Actionable would be, okay, are there steps we can take towards those? Um, if there are things that we can't impact at all, that are the things that, then it's not an actionable thing. If it's something outside of our control, it's not actionable. Right. Um, but if it's, so I guess that's to me is, is really what that piece is about. It's about making sure that we have an understanding of where we're trying to get and then what are the types of actions we could take to get there. Okay. And I like the way that it you mentioned it ties back to your original question, which should be well-formed and understood. Okay. Okay. And then the next piece in SMART is relevant, uh, which of course ties back to some risk program or some business priority. So it's relevant to, I guess, the action you're trying to influence. Yeah. So relevance, you want to be gathering meaningful data relevant to those actionable items and also relevant to, to each level perhaps is maybe worth thinking about. Like if there are questions that have, you know, indicators that go all the way down the chain like if it goes all the way up to the board do we have data that's relevant to them if it, right and so kind of looking at all of those little pieces and all those little indicators and who is what relevant to okay so relevant maybe it definitely will change based on the audience that you're pointing to yeah okay and then the last one is time related of course obviously it needs to be current data that's pretty obvious you don't yeah. I mean, unless you're looking at some historical trends, those kind of things. Yes. But, um, and then like how frequently do you measure and then, uh, sort of some kind of time-based prioritization, I would think as well, in terms of maybe your recommendations based or the action, I guess mm -hmm. would have some time relevance to it. Like we got to do these things sooner, or you can do this later. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Prioritizing. Um, and also maybe benchmarking. Setting okay. smaller broken down goals could be a piece of that as well. Um, saying, hey, within two months, we want to do X, Y, Z pieces of this and see what our data looks like. Or Okay. And that's um, that's a great suggestion because any of these things, yeah, it's got to be done in a way that the business can actually do it, which you don't want to try to boil the ocean. Yeah. One place to start would be looking at what we already have. Because okay. We as businesses and as schools and as individuals gather, we create so much data. Um, yeah. And so if you kind of know broadly, like we want to know if we're secure <laughs> um, and we can kind of break it down um, into different categories. So like, do we have a lot of vulnerabilities might be a thing you might want to ask. Um, do we have a lot of vulnerabilities that we need to address? Um or are we addressing vulnerabilities well? Uh, and so you could start with kind of picking an area that you know you have data and saying, okay, here's the data we already gather. What can we glean from this? Uh, what, what does this data tell us? Is there data that's missing that wouldn't be super challenging to gather? Um, maybe it's just a tweak in how we gather that gives us a little bit more insight. Um, so, but I think starting, still having a question in mind, but then when you, you know, picking and you have to pick, you have yeah. to just pick a thing. That's another piece. Cause I think you could talk all day, every day for a hundred years 
about developing the perfect program. And you would still not know what the perfect program looks like. Nobody's going to have the perfect program. Yeah. The classic asymptotic curve, you're just not going to get there no matter how hard to try. And that's, but I, I, right. I think, but for a lot of our organizations, uh, we're, we're still at at an earlier stage. And I like the concept of just kind of start with what you have. And I think that's really good because a lot of, I can tell when I've had this conversation with some, they're wondering, what do I need to do to go get more data, to do more things, to provide these metrics? They're looking for that. I don't want to say perfect metric, but they're trying to kind of nail it out of the gate. And am I wrong in hearing that that's just unrealistic and you should just kind of start somewhere and move? Yeah, I really okay. think that that you do have to start somewhere. I mean, the idea of looking for a perfect metric, there is no perfect metric. The perfect metric is the one that you'll use. Okay. Um, yeah, well said. To me, to me, like that's that's what a perfect metric is. It's the one that you will take, analyze, look at, and use to make decisions and move forward. Okay. And that that's one of one of the reasons I asked that was secretly because of the the metrics game show that we had when we were trying to find some like whiz bang metric that was really cool. I had very high hopes. <laughs> I gotta be honest. I was like, someone's gonna come out with this really killer metric that no one has thought of and they kind of cooked this up on their own and they've been using it and it's been very successful for them. That was my hope. Um and the, you know, there were some good suggestions, but I still like Ron's goat metric. That is still my favorite metric of all. But um yeah, I was, I was, I was hoping that we'd get some like super awesome thing that nobody, or that at least was kind of a dark secret, but didn't get that. <laughs> I don't, I don't think we will. And yeah. another piece to the whole one metric through them all is that they are driven by what you want to know. And certainly across industries, across companies, across cybersecurity as a whole, not just in ICS, like there are pieces that are universal but they're probably implemented differently. Um, things might look different. There might be different considerations that aren't addressed in one area that are in another. Um, and so all those pieces make metrics to some extent personalized. Um, so like your perfect metric might look different than my perfect metric. Okay. And I think that does speak to a lot of the reasons why we don't have, uh, I guess, some common set of metrics that we should all be looking for. So what about uh, standards, uh, frameworks, uh, regulations, things that you can measure like a, a state of compliance to, and there's even maturity models, these kinds of things. Those are arguably metrics as well. Absolutely. Um, I would say we want to be sure of what the question they're answering is, um, because I okay. think for the most part, uh, are we compliant with this standard? Are we compliant with this framework or this regulation? Primarily answers, what are we doing? Um, and that doesn't necessarily tell us if what we're doing is working, but it does tell us what we're doing. And that's not a bad place to start looking. Okay, well, we know we do these things and maybe it's a compliance piece. Okay, we're compliant in all of these areas. Here's the couple of, of things we're, we're not compliant yet on. And can we can we look at, I mean, if we really want true data about whether we're making the change, the difference, we could say, okay, here's our information, our data, our metric prior to getting compliant. Here's our metric after. And um, 
that that is actually one of the ways that we can gather information about the effectiveness of standards, regulations, the actual pieces that we're putting in place. Okay, and that's interesting. I, I like that. So in so have metrics, but add in the component of this was our metric before compliance, and then this is our metric post compliance. Interesting. Yeah. So it, it adds more of like a, I don't know, a Z axis, so to speak, to the discussion. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a method for um, scientifically evaluating the effect of a treatment when you aren't able to withhold it in a certain okay. situation. Um, so like, you know, sometimes we can do perfectly blind studies where we say, oh, we're going to give this person a certain treatment and that one not. And um, but there are other times when we, we can't do that because the impacts are problematic. If we're wrong, if we withhold the treatment from a certain person, what, are, what is the outcome of that? And so sometimes we what we do is we measure before starting the treatment and then measure after starting the treatment as opposed okay. to doing that double blind. And that's actually a great correlation to industrial control systems because you're, there are very few times can you like start or start from scratch, for example, you're, you're usually stepping into a system that's running and needs to stay running. Yeah. And I mean, if you're, if you're wanting to know if people are compliant, like if we have standards that we know are good or that we think are good, that we're quite confident are good and important to have in place, even if we don't have all the data to prove that those are perfect standards, um, is it really okay to withhold them from certain divisions or certain companies or certain industries and say, hey, you guys don't do those things that we're pretty sure are going to make your organization safer and better for everyone. Like, we can't do that. It's not ethical. There's an ethical component to, to how we measure things as well. Right. Yeah. And we have our availability and reliability components, which kind of translate to the the same, where you just can't can't take a system offline. Yeah. Okay. No, that that's good. And I, I like that because it adds... Um, there's always the question of, well, just use these standards or these frameworks as metrics. And I think that is more of a, I'll just be honest, I think it's a crutch and I don't think it's actually a quality metric. It, it doesn't tell you, you already articulated it very well. It only tells you that you're doing it. It doesn't tell you how you're doing it, whether that's working, uh, those other additional flavors, colors, nuances that really need to be behind it. Yeah. And I mean, I, I will say that I I'm a person who's done a lot of compliance work in her life, and I worked in law before I worked in education. I'm quite familiar with regulations and those sorts of things. So I I understand the reason that we measure, are we doing things? And not necessarily out of malice or out of, uh, you know, a wish to do harm, but companies, people, individuals, we don't always do the best thing that we know we, we should be doing. And maybe it's because we don't have the resources we need. Maybe it's because we don't have the motivation to. Maybe it's because we don't totally understand exactly why we have to do that thing. But so I, I understand why we have those pieces of compliance. I think they're important to have. And I think that in really high stakes scenarios, um, it's important to know, are we doing the things that we are pretty darn confident in our best practice? Um, but then also on top of that, we need to measure, are we actually meeting the expectations we want? Are we doing it well? Okay. And that touches on a point I was really interested in. In We do, in industrial control systems for most environments, safety is absolutely paramount. And we're fantastic at safety metrics. And we've gotten really good at these. And there's even some that are common amongst different types of infrastructures, different companies, uh, different countries. So there is some commonality that has formed in there. And you can 
you know, almost do baseline comparisons across, you know, various different, what would seem to be different or disparate, diverse environments just by looking at some safety metrics. And you end up with situations like, well, this sector has more safety incidents than that sector. And there's been some, uh, even there are some like common baselines, but there's just even normalization of the concept of doing it that way. And I, I think that we could borrow a lot by just leaning on our, our safety peers and doing some of those metrics. And I will say, I think some of those cross-industry um, comparisons are certainly possible for the cybersecurity side of operational, the OT, ICS piece. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I, I think there's there's some efforts to try to do some things like, like the, um, I think, intention behind the cyber performance goals that came out as part of the National Security Memorandum. I think that might've been uh, the intent. It's not what we got. And there's a lot, long discussion around that, but um, the, the concept at least that, because this it, it's, it, it sounded to me like maybe the kind of a nascent metric was the, the ask was um, when the, the president or somebody in that situation comes back and says, where do we stand on our most critical infrastructures? Because we, we've defined what those are, right? There's the sector five, which is water, wastewater, chemical, electric, and natural gas. So, okay, we figured that much out. So we know those are the ones we want to measure. Where are we? How, are they secure, right? That because that's typically that this like big question you get, and that the the, the like, when you see the notes that came out around like the press briefing and other things, it said we've got this patchwork of different ways we're trying to measure which each where each vertical is secure, and they wanted some uniform way to look across all of them with some you know. I don't know, it's an inch, it's a mile, whatever it is. So I, I get the concept and I think it's very useful. So those those types of metrics that, that what I'm getting at is basically these these things kind of scale at like some national level across all industries where you can look at things like safety numbers. Um, how many days have you had since your last incident? Everybody has that one. Yeah, I mean, I think that that is a really, really big conversation. Um, my hope and my belief based on some of the stuff that I've read coming out of um, CISA and some of the other entities is that people are having conversations. Um, I guess one caveat or one thing that I'm, I'll be interested to look towards and I'll be interested to read what comes up, what they come up with, what those conversations involve um, is I feel like when we're like when we were talking earlier about how you've got like you know the strategic, the management level, the operator level, um, right. and the things that matter to the to the top are things that they need to know for the board or for the stakeholders or for the shareholders or for whoever um, for the budget. And down at the bottom is the people like here's the work we do, and what we need to know is should we do how should we do the work we do? Yeah. Are we doing is what we're doing effective? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that a lot of times, like when we have big government entities and really well-meaning, um, but the metrics they get at the top don't always tell us as much. And they don't tell us a lot in terms of like actions we can take. So theirs tend not to be super actionable other than to direct maybe specific industries or specific, maybe even specific organizations to look within themselves <laughs> and um make some changes or maybe have a third party come in and help them talk about making changes. But, you know, the, the metrics that they get are going to be more broad and right. not always useful. 
And it's yeah, it, again, it, it tears down to uh, the the operational people, like the actual actual companies at the bottom will have something they're measuring very differently. Yeah, and I mean, I'm I'm sure they'll work with. Uh, I know there's a lot of public public private partnership, mm-hmm. um, and so you know, partnering with either individual companies, partnering with um, you know standards bodies, partnering with you know the people who know the industries well, like. You know, it's not going to be necessarily exactly like do the thing. We we know this thing now. Like they'll say, okay, here's broadly the kind of measurement we have, and now we're going to say, okay, here standards body, come up with some more fine grained things for your industry. The government is going to boil it down. So the things yeah. that the federal or agencies are looking at are broad. They might shoot it out to standards organizations. They might shoot it out to leaders in the industries to kind of narrow it down. And then within each organization, they might, you know, narrow it further to like, how does this look in our, in our organization? I, I, I agree. And I'm really curious to see where all of this goes. Cause we're, like I say, we're, we're, we're going to start measuring up from where we are, because I think a lot of organizations, they, they get that metrics are important. Um, mm-hmm. The, the conversations are happening. It's now like at one of our big mainstream conferences. So I, I think the the idea is is gaining some traction. I'm hoping to see some coalescence on this and and we'll get a little bit more, I don't know, kind of group effort, so to speak, to get, get metrics moving forward from the ground up because we're going to start to see a lot more coming from the top down. But I think that'll meet in the middle is kind of what I'm saying. So if we do our stuff on the bottom and then they do their stuff at the top, somehow this has got to translate to the middle. Yeah, and both sides, I think, will just have to keep um, adjusting yeah. and changing as we learn more and as we figure out better ways to do it. Okay, well, let's see. Before we wrap up, I did a little fun exercise. Um, I asked ChatGPT because I'm trying to find out, like, if if you had the one metric to rule them all, like, if you had that one that one thing, like safety, has on the outside of every facility. There's this, you know, number of days since the last incident. Um, what would be some good metrics to measure for the success or failure of an operational technology or industrial control system security program? And ChatGPT gave me seven different points, and this seems like a lot. So I'm going to read them off, and then kind of give me your your feedback on this. It was out of the seven points, there were vulnerability management metrics, incident response metrics, compliance metrics risk management metrics, awareness metrics, asset management metrics, and performance metrics. Okay, so my my first two questions, is this too many? And if the answer is yes, which ones would you cut? I think if in the long term, if you're looking at building a program and really assessing how well you're doing, there isn't a set too many, too few. It's a lot. But I would say really like, to some extent, who who are you? What is your organization working on? Like, if you're not in an industry that's got a lot of compliance work related to it, you might be able to cut compliance out. You know, if you maybe don't have an, a security awareness program right now, which like probably should, but but right. if you don't have that program in place, you're not going to be gathering metrics about it. And well, let me ask that: is 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 zero an okay metric to use? Just like we don't have this, and we should. I mean, yeah, it's a great, it, it tells you something, right? <laughs> like, right. I mean, it's, it's an easy measurement. <laughs> it is an easy measurement and it can, it can be on the, the list of, Hey, this isn't a top priority to tackle right now. This is um, something we want to hit when we feel more confident in what we're doing with some of the other pieces. Um, and then some of them, 
might be important in the overall scheme of things, but might be geared a little bit more towards other stakeholders and what other stakeholders are asking, like performance metrics. Okay, we like to know that, that's good information, but how then, I guess the question is like, what piece of that ties into our cybersecurity practice if we're looking at ICSOT security and what piece of that is like operations performance? Which piece of that is, you know, just needs to be reported to the board so that we know how we're doing financially. So like, I guess each one of those would have to be you would want to look at like what about this metric is important to me and each of them obviously has several like under vulnerability management they have several different measures you could look at so vulnerabilities identified the number remediated the time it takes to remediate them those are all good pieces of information but even that isn't really drilling down far enough because number of vulnerabilities identified okay well you could have zero <laughs> you could have two um, but if you only have two because you only know about two because a hacker came in and told you about them and you weren't measuring it and you don't know about all of the other ones that are out there, like, I guess, how reliable is our data that we have about our vulnerabilities? Okay. That, those, that context in each, within each. So, yeah, this is a lot. But I certainly think, you know, everybody could pick out some that are important to them. I think JD said in his talk, three to four metrics can be managed per FTE um, dedicated. And I think that sounds like a pretty reasonable number. And so oh, to some extent, to some extent, is this too many, is this too few, is going to have part uh, partly have to do with how much resource you have. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I my initial thought when I read this was, dang, ChatGPT did, did a pretty good job. I mean, I was I was actually impressed with the result. And um, for the readers, I'll include this in the, the response in the show notes so you can see the full full output uh, from ChatGPT. But uh, I, I, my thought was, this is good for a mature program. This is good for a funded program. Uh, so it, it aligns with a lot of the same things you just said. So that that's good to hear. I, I was at least thinking along the same lines. What what are your thoughts? This whole entire huge list. Um... Doing all of it would be a lot and probably even too much almost for any organization. Um, I will say, though, I think it's it's a, a nice little list for people to look at to start thinking about what are the things that we want to know about and what are the, the, the measures that we could start looking into. Excellent. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for today. I really, really want to thank you, Aaron, for bringing us a, an extra I from a, a, a your background in another industry, and now that you've got a, a lean into our industry as well, and I want to welcome you to our industry and keep doing amazing things. Uh, keep your studies up on incident response. We need we need more incident responders doing good stuff. But uh, thank you so much for your time, and uh, for the listeners, I'll include everything as much as I can in the show notes, and and uh, you can check that for all the different links to follow up on all the awesome stuff. Thanks, everyone. See you next time. Thanks for listening to the Ampere Industrial Security Critical Assets Podcast. You can find us on all your favorite podcast sources, so please like, subscribe, and share with your colleagues. Check out our other content, such as blogs, news, and more at AmpereSec.com. That's A-M-P-E-R-E-S-E-C.com. Ampere Industrial Security, securing your world.